grab your popcorn and snacks, find a comfy spot, take a seat or lie down, and let me transport you to a place of fantasy, ghost stories, ancient legends, odd creatures, alien encounters, and other magical topics. You may even decide to join the conversation. From faraway lands to your own backyard, with a small dash of pixie dust, turn out the lights and open your minds. The journey is about to begin. Good afternoon, everybody. Welcome to California Haunts Radio. My name is Charlotte. I'm going to be your host for the next hour. Uh, I want to welcome you wholeheartedly. We're usually not on at noon, but we will do like day shows occasionally for our guests. Our guest, and this is because our guest is in the UK, Daniel Silverman. But anyway, uh, before we get to that, welcome. Uh, holiday season starts. I'm going to be changing my backdrop this weekend to make it more homey and festive. Up to Christmas, off we go, right? All right, and remember, Sunday we're going to start reading our dark Christmas tales. So that's going to be starting Sunday. Anyway, if you're, I am also the owner of the California Haunts Paranormal Investigation Team based out of Sacramento, California. We are 45 strong up and down the state, which means if you have something going on that you think might be paranormal, we can get to you. We might be a couple hours away, but we will get to you. Okay, so just remember that. So the best way to find this is via, tic, via TikTok. You can find us on Twitter under Cal Haunts. You can find us on TikTok under California Haunts, all lowercase. You can find us on Facebook in several places. There's two California Haunts pages, plus there's California Haunts Ghostly Events. And then there's my my personal page as well. And that being said, um, if you like what you're hearing today during today's show and you want to hear more, please hit that. And you're watching from Facebook, please hit that like and follow button. If you're watching from YouTube, hit that subscribe button. It's that little ghost in the bottom right-hand corner with the magnifying glass of the Sherlock Holmes hat. Please hit that because we have more than 450 videos sitting over at YouTube. And those videos are several, you know, are, are, are under several different topic values. I'm a journalist. I'm a photojournalist. So I like to trade it up and bring in, you know, bring in news items and things that mean to me. Things that mean something to me. <laughs> mean to me. Ha! Things that mean something to me, like uh, like like I was discussing um, spousal abuse. I've done a few things on that. You know, et cetera, et cetera. So if you go over and check out our YouTube site at youtube.com. Yes, youtube.com. I just got the new address. YouTube.com forward slash at California Haunts Radio. You can check us out because we're over there. And remember that you have to capitalize the California and haunt the C in California and, and the H in haunts. Okay. And during the show, if you like what you see and you have friends around, because it is it is a holiday for some people. And you have friends around, bring them on in to listen to the show. I'm looking for people to, to follow and all that good stuff. So, yeah, we're trying to get the word out about this show, and it's working. You know, the numbers are going up every month, and uh, it's all because of you guys. It's all because of my, you guys watching live and the people that watch afterwards. It's all about the people on RSS feed over at Apple Podcasts and all the different podcast places that, that we broadcast out of. So I want to thank every, each and every one of you. Okay, now we can slide into today's guest. My guest today is from the UK, Danielle Silverman. See, it's a name I can't screw up. And um, she has an interesting story. She worked with Nigel Kerner, and Nigel Kerner was a UFO was a UFO investigator, very famous guy. And they had some interesting um, theories about it. You know, when you look at this this UFO thing, an alien abduction thing, you you get like three types of people. You get the people that get a, you know, that claim they get abducted and they go and oh it was all right they did tests on me it's all right then you get the second group of people who think it's really cool you know or you get the and there's nothing wrong with that everybody has different views and maybe that's what it's meant to be everybody has different views of of, of what abductions are and what goes on but you get the people that make it all rosy and happy but see I'm kind of in the middle there because I I don't think that they're going to be poking you know poking and prodding me just to poke and prod me and go okay have a nice day there's a there's a central purpose to the probing and the poking, you know. And what got me was in the bar and the Barney and Betty Hill case, and maybe I you know I think I've been abducted a couple of times. I'll admit it, and I think maybe I was abducted as a child because I've always had this thing. And this is this is TMI, I know, but just roll with me on this. I've always had this thing about my belly button. I'm always afraid that I'm going to pop out or my something's going my guts are going to come out, and it comes from this fear. And I don't know why there's such a fear there. And I remember when I watched the Betty and Barney Hill story and they had that pregnancy test and the needle was like, was like, was like three feet long. And I about went berserk. My poor mother had to, had to sedate me practically, you know, because it just totally hit home with me. So maybe that's what happened to me somewhere. But my point in all this rambling is that 
they're not all nice aliens. Okay, it's not what everybody thinks. It's not ET. It's not ET out there. You know, ET is not coming to phone home and visit us. These are aliens, and and there's got to be a reason why they're here. A particular reason why they chose us. To me, I think it's more like the show V. You know, where they're here for to either eat us, to you know, do something with the environment, or there's something more sinister going on. And so we're going to talk with Danielle about that because she's got. She and Nigel have these interesting theories about that whole that, that whole scene. So I'm going to bring her in. It's going to be a phone. It's going to be a um, a, a um, not a phone interview, but a video sound interview today because she's having trouble with her camera. So I'm going to go ahead. I have her book listed. I'm going to go ahead and just flash the book off and on so you guys don't have to look at me the whole time nodding and stuff. Okay. All right. Here we go. Good afternoon. Good afternoon, Charlotte. Lovely to meet you, and thanks for having me on the show. Absolutely, absolutely. Yeah. So excited to have you on. Yeah. Tell me about you. Well, um, I was I I was working. Unfortunately, as as you, um, I don't know if you mentioned, but Nigel died earlier this year, and um, basically, I've been uh, working with him for thirty years, and um, unfortunately. Um, his book was uh, due to come out. It's only just been released uh, this month and he got it to the publisher. Everything was ready. And, and sadly um, he didn't live um, to see it come out and, um, and to talk about it uh, in interviews. So that's why I'm doing it now. Um, Cause I, I, I feel that these ideas are something very important that uh, people really, really need to know about, uh, especially now with the, incredible changes that are taking place uh, um, uh, on this planet in terms of technology, the world transforming, everything moving online and so on. So yeah, basically I met Nigel 30 years ago um, and I met him through a mutual friend. Um, what happened was I was just talking to that friend about how I was a bit disillusioned with the uh, concept of God or religion because I, I just couldn't understand why they were suffering in the world if there was a god it just didn't make sense why why wouldn't a god who presumably has some kind of power solve that problem solve any suffering it just it made no sense to me and he said well you've got to meet uh, my friend nigel he's got an answer to that and so i met nigel and he explained to me uh, his idea that uh, that the whole concept the whole religious concept of god as a an individual who directs affairs and events on the earth can't possibly be true that if he, that I was quite right if there was a god who could intervene in our lives their suffering can't be explained and mm -hmm. he spoke to me about a state of perfection a state of perfect union a state outside of time and space and he said to me he thinks that would be a better definition of god and that we are part of that and we chose in that freedom to explore uh, imperfection so that's how I got to know him anyway to cut a long story short uh, and when he got uh, when he started to look into the alien phenomenon which was based on a question his son asked him his 12 year old son at that time dad are UFOs real and mm -hmm. uh, and at the time uh, Nigel was really really um, skeptical of the whole concept of UFOs so it was a long time ago it was a time when it was all kind of science fictiony and and, and not something that he found believable. He thought it was just uh, really just fiction. But when he began to look into it, he just couldn't believe the uh, evidence that came up. And so he started to think about it and ask questions. Well, looks like they're real. So what are they? How did they come to be? And what do they want with us? And how did he do his research? So um, his research, he did have uh, contacts um, who uh, I, ne I never met. He had his own um, sort uh, series of contacts in the, in the, some in the military, um, some in the government who he spoke to from time to time, people who would write to him um, with their own experiences of um, alien abductions and so on. But part, also his, the other side of his research in terms of how he came to his whole concept of what the alien visitors might be that was more scientific research and looking, basically taking a, a really sharp, logical look at what something might be that appears to people in abduction scenarios, uh, operates on people, tests 
their bodies, looks at uh, genetic material, seems to have no concept of empathy or care for its human subjects. Okay. Also, what is something, what can it be that gets somehow manages to travel here from light years away? Because even the closest uh, planet has to be so far away that you wouldn't, a, a normal living entity wouldn't be able to get here in a single lifetime mm -hmm. unless it was traveling at speeds which would destroy its biology. So he began to think, hmm, maybe these aren't really natural biological uh, entities. Maybe they're some kind of artificially intelligent programmed machine. And he was actually the first to say this in his book in 1997, so Song of the Greys. And many people uh, now have now come to the same conclusion uh, that if, if we were to be visited by an alien visitors, the chances are they would not be natural life of any kind because it's just impossible to, to for, for natural life to survive traveling those distances. And because if they develop the technology to travel that far, the chances are that they would be at a further stage than us in terms of technological development. They would have gone past us in terms of artificial intelligence and machine type um, translation, brain machine interfaces, basically, which is what we're going towards now. So his idea was very similar to what, and, and actually over the last few years, Stephen Hawking before he died, Michio Kaku have also said that if we were to encounter an alien presence, and they don't accept, of course, that we have, but they said mm -hmm. if we were to encounter it, it's likely to be artificially intelligent. It's not likely to be living, and it's not likely to be benevolent, because there is absolutely no reason why an artificially intelligent um, data uh, source mm -hmm. would have any kind of sense of care or compassion for um, inferior natural life. Inferior in their terms, not in true terms. Mm -hmm. Okay, mm -hmm. so it would be very similar to uh, us going uh, to uh, human beings with more advanced technologies taking advance, taking advantage of other human beings with less advanced technologies, which has happened all through history. So yes, that that's basically in a nutshell, um, Nigel thesis. It does make sense because you know some of the reports that are coming out of people that claim that, you know, when they're this hybridization program thing and people are seeing these aliens with what seems like a hologram over their face, you know, over their bodies to project them as something else. So the person won't get upset. It makes a lot of sense that they would be some kind of artificial being. Yes, yes, certainly. And it's basically um, with the, the, the speeds they travel at. So people have witnessed them um, traveling at this craft, traveling at ridiculous speeds that in fact air force personnel uh, navy personnel have witnessed this and the, the american uh, the u.s government hasn't come out recently to actually um, pass a bill to uh, set up a committee to study non-man-made craft which is quite incredible this is actually a recent thing and uh, so all those years it seems to have been hidden okay with there's so many reports bob lazar who um, I, I don't know if your listeners, um, you probably do know about Bob Lazar, who yeah. back reports he back-engineered uh, alien craft in um, Area 51, okay? So he was, everything about his identity was taken away, but it was later proved that, yes, he is genuinely um, an individual who was involved um, at the military base at that time, and he's an extremely believable person, but they tried to put it under wraps. They tried to disguise it, and all through the all through the uh, decades until very recently, that uh, cover up seems to have been happening. For some reason, now um, and this new bill has been passed. Um, so it was uh, a new bill notes that sightings of craft that come out of water into the air and may form threats to the United States national security are expanding exponentially. And this newly set up office is asked to focus only on objects that are not man-made. Mm -hmm. Okay, so they are accepting that these aren't made by another foreign uh, country, not made by China, not made by Russia. These are not man-made and they have actually put that into a bill. So there must be, Nigel always said that there will be a timing when these entities will make themselves apparent. The cover up will come to an end. They'll make themselves apparent. 
and there'll be a that will be their timing and it, it seems to be that we're coming towards that now what are they after what what, what do they want that you, you know that's a great question and 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 that's the very question um that nigel wanted to ask first of all because okay. the, the way he reasoned it if if they're um after if they're artificially intelligent they already have everything in terms of technology, okay? They, they, and, and in terms of ability to cope with the physical universe and, and matter, there's nothing we could give them in those terms. We're primitive, okay? Um, there are authors, um, I think it's Zechariah Sitchin, who says they're after gold on our planet, okay? I, I can't really get my head around that because why would entities with such incredible technology make such an enormous effort to focus on um, what must be like, we're like ants to them, basically, right. to try and get the gold on our planet. They just take it. I, it just, I can't figure this out, why, why they would be interested in that. And they would have technology um, to, to get that gold. They wouldn't need to use us to mine it. So I don't really understand, and neither did Nigel, that outlook. Um, if they're after our DNA, why don't they just take our DNA and clone it? Okay, why do they need to keep coming back, revisiting people? So they say abduction runs in families, and they seem to be it's it's the grandparent, the grandmother, the grandfather, the children, the grandchildren. They all it all seems to go in some kind of family biological line, and they re-abduct people. Why are they doing that? Why are they keeping a constant vigil for some reason on humanity? It seems a very, very strange thing. Um, so he he asks the question, and you asked. Well, how did he do his research? Mm -hmm. This was part of it. He, he just had a very, very logical scientific mind. He had a scientific background and he just looked at it to, with, with the, in the cold light of reason, what could be going on here? So his conclusion was they must be looking for something that we have that they don't. Okay. And that might seem a very, very simple, obvious um, answer. Okay, but but it's really strange because um, from what I can see, no, um, not very many books, at least the ones that I've read, and I've read quite a few on the subject, look into the motivation for what these um, alien visitors might be doing. Okay, they explain, they talk about whether they exist or not, they mm -hmm. catalog abduction um, situations, but they don't seem to have answers for what exactly these alien visitors are looking for. So next question Nigel asked, well, if they're looking for something that we've got and they haven't, what could that be? Okay, what could we possibly have uh, that they don't have when they, in, their, in terms of intelligence, are vastly superior? Okay, so he came to the conclusion that what they must be looking for is something that natural living being has that cannot be artificially created, okay? So these are artificially created um, mechanical devices. And in fact, even though they look like beings, these gray entities, Nigel felt it would be, it's wrong to interpret them in an anthropomorphic way as having some kind of identity. All they are basically is um, robots, computers. They have no awareness. They have no knowing. They have no personal motivation. They're running an artificially intelligent program. Okay. Natural life, on the other hand, natural life, Nigel suggests, is quite different. Uh, we are aware. We are conscious. We are able to perceive our environment and reflect on it. Okay. Um, so that's the origin of that natural life. To start with, Nigel didn't believe came into existence through a process of evolution. He feels he felt that evolution just didn't make sense uh, in a physical universe where the primary drive for all things called the second law of thermodynamics is for things to break down and rot. For the order and coherence over, over millennia, for life and the kind of life, sophisticated life we have now to develop through a process of evolution just did not make sense to Nigel. So he, it was his assertion that we come 
we don't come originally from the physical universe. We have our origins in that state of perfection that I was talking about at the start mm -hmm. of the interview. And that, and that, and that was the, um, uh, the, the source of my first uh, meeting with Nigel, that description of um, this state of perfection. And in that state of perfection, beyond time, beyond space, that it has always been there because it has no time, there's perfect freedom perfect freedom to explore and if there's perfect freedom there has to be the freedom not to be perfectly free otherwise it's not perfect freedom so there's complete awareness and perfect freedom and in that perfect freedom there we made the choice to explore imperfection and if if that state of perfection is all-knowing it would inc include the exploration of imperfection mm -hmm. so our existence as intelligent, living, natural life on this planet started in that state of perfection. And Nigel believes that the coherence that makes for life is based on that state of order, that natural state of perfection that's in the background to the whole universe. It has to be because it's infinite. And we have a connection. He called a soul a connection to that state. Okay, and each of us has a line going back to that state, if you like. He also believed in reincarnation and and basically the fact that maybe right at the start, many souls went back to that state of perfection. Some got caught in the physical universe. And the reason why we some got caught is because the universe is chaotic. Mm -hmm. So it's just like when the uh, sea, uh, the tide goes out and comes back again when it, when the tide goes out it leaves frosty foamy bits on the sand because the sand is uneven okay most of the tide went back to god we got caught because of the uneven chaotic nature of the universe mm -hmm. we can still go back we have free will we're still connected but it's difficult because once you're in chaos it's difficult to find your way back but we still have that order and we devolved nigel said from that state so prior man it's not monkey. Prior man is something far superior to what we are now. Future man is monkey. Interesting. Yeah. That's very, very interesting. Yeah. And like, like talking about you know the the, the grays being out of you know AIs and that it kind of makes sense, especially with the UFO reports where you'll have the grays, which seem to be the working drones, and then you got the other type of types of aliens that that seem to be in charge. Yes, yes, exactly. And it's it's difficult to um, Nigel never want, wanted to talk about the different types. He never right. felt so. So he was felt he was um, not qualified really to comment on what is what there. Okay. Right. Um, but in terms of the gray aliens, which are um, seen in almost all abduction experiences, and uh, they most definitely seem to be some kind of semi-biological artificially intelligent uh he called it roboid mm -hmm. with with no sense of feeling awareness emotion they're just basically going through the motions as to what the other uh creatures that are there with them um he he didn't really he didn't feel uh he could speculate on that but he assumed that since they got here unless they were recreated unless they're the original beings cloned or recreated by the mm -hmm. grays natural living forms would not have survived the journey that makes sense yeah so are they here because of our souls is that what they want they want what our souls to see to see what makes us tick or what are they doing do you think yes uh, yeah i think so and and that was nigel's core theory really so um they're trying to make quantum computers now right which is so the grays must be some kind of highly advanced quantum computer so there's a chemist called Birgitta Whaley in Berkeley, and she studied the remarkable facility that living systems have to tap into the coherence of the quantum. And she says, when isolated quantum systems open up and interact with their atomic environments, they rapidly decohere. Decoherence is the main obstacle to building a quantum computer. So scientists trying to create quantum computers on our planet are having problems because the information field breaks down. Mm -hmm. it, doesn't, it's, it doesn't keep that coherence. 
so this this um, chemist says that somehow living states have the ability to tap into a coherent state and she says we don't understand all the details but in the biological domain nature doesn't appear to show the typical paradoxes associated with information processing in quantum physics okay so somehow natural life has a coherence okay and that's something that quantum computers, they can't seem to find in quantum computers, the information field breaks down. These are quantum computers. Their information field is breaking down. They're looking for a way to stop that breakdown, okay? Because they would have to be programmed as artificially intelligent machines to survive as long as possible, okay? Mm -hmm. And to spread their information to learn as much as possible. That would be just an obvious thing that have to be programmed with in a hostile universe. So they would, it's Nigel's suggestion that they have, de they detect something in the physical universe, a signal, if you like, an anti-opposite force signal to the breakdown of entropy, that, that it's just something they don't understand. There's no way he, uh, that they can understand anything non-physical because they don't have this connection that we have. Okay, so they can't relate to it. They can't touch it, just like you can't, um, look at a soul under a microscope. There's no way that they could ever really understand it. But they can detect the fingerprint, if you like, the imprint that we make on the physical universe with our field of coherence, our individual souls. And they would have noticed that as the highest and freest form of life on this planet, human beings, have they, we have the most powerful coherent field. So they makes, seek to piggyback onto that, Nigel said. Well, that makes sense thought. because yeah. essentially there are machines or, or they're beings looking to experience the feelings that, that we have because they don't have that. It's too, it's, it's, it's too mechanical and too, too, and too generic for them. And so they need that to survive because that's how we survive. Yeah, so it's not so much experiencing feelings. They can't experience feelings okay. just like your laptop your hoover your dishwasher right. can't experience feelings they're machines okay they can't they can't they're not aware so the only reason we have awareness is because we have a reference of stillness outside of the physical universe if we didn't have that reference of stillness we wouldn't have awareness so it's it's like um we we, we are aware of the passage of time okay mm -hmm. um we could past present and future the only way you can be aware of the passage of time is if you have a point of stillness, which is not part of that passage of time. Otherwise, you flow with it like a stick on a moving river. Mm -hmm. So we have something that we they have no awareness like this. So it's not that they're looking to understand mm -hmm. feeling or emotion. They're looking for something It's far more practical than that. They're a program. OK, there are a set of data, an artificially intelligent set of data looking for survivability and dominance. They're looking to grow. Artificial, in artificial intelligence is just a constantly growing like a network. It networks out into as many areas as possible to understand and dominate its environment. So it just basically is looking to do that as freely as possible. OK, and when it came across something that doesn't seem to be restricted like they are to time and space. So, for example, they have to travel vast distances mm -hmm. to physically to get from place to place. A human soul, if it's out, if it has a connection to something beyond time and space, is instant in its travel. If they could piggyback on that instant ability to to travel via something that's not subject to the restrictions of a physical universe, that would be the ultimate goal for them. In, in addition, if they could have some way of accessing our power to tap into coherence that gives natural living systems the order that they have, that too would be the most incredible holy grail for them. So everything they do is all about that. This is very interesting to me in that, you know, it makes it makes a world of sense. You know, all the testing, all this. I mean, there has to be a, a cohesive end game to all this at some point. Sure. I mean, is, that, is it the intention that we're no longer going to exist, but we're going to be merging in with their AI or what's going to happen here? Yeah. So very, very good question. So 
the point is that what will happen, what they're trying to do is to mirror, to create a, a, a mirror image world to their original civilization on Earth so that their artificial intelligence systems can thrive. Okay, so they are what we are doing now in terms of um, the technological revolution um, that's happening at the moment where everything is becoming virtual and um, mm -hmm. people are outsourcing. We're all outsourcing our um, awareness, our consciousness, our whole sense of identity onto social virtual social media platforms. Uh, everything is online. Um, everything is digital. Uh, very soon, it's quite possible that we will have some kind of chipping technology um, inserted into us, probably based on something like the whole COVID thing to prove that people to track people if they're spreading disease, they'll have some um, reason to do that. At that point, when everything becomes virtual and electronic, it's controllable by their systems. As soon as that happens, as soon as we outsource everything we are into a virtual electronic setup, they're in control. But for two reasons. First, practically, they're in control. And for another reason, too. So if, as natural living beings, we don't connect with each other, mm -hmm. we don't have a sense of caring and compassion and empathy for each other, and we live more and more in a virtual, isolated system, Mm -hmm. We shut ourselves off from our source, which is what Ni what Nigel called the God verse. He didn't. He did. He called it the God verse rather than God. Just a stereotype. So, an, an, a man with a flowing beard and a long hair in the right. sky, right? Just a, a state, the God verse. Okay. And if we pull ourselves away from our natural source, we become caught. Nigel postulated uh, in between life and death so he suggested that when people die mm -hmm. they go to um what he called the space between atoms okay so there's there's the physical atomic force of atoms and there's a space between atoms where there's less force not forcelessness this is not heaven it's just a state of less force if you're somebody who is identifies only with the material and the physical you don't have a sense of meaning you don't have a sense of connection with other people which that sense of connection being uh, the hallmark of where we came from where we were all one okay mm -hmm. if you don't have that then you stay where you are you don't go into that less force place because you and the reason why you stay there is not because there's some kind of um, judgment day it's nothing to do with judgment it's because we choose to be there. We are. We put ourselves where we choose to be. And if we choose a purely physical situation, a virtual existence, mm -hmm. we will stay trapped in that existence and we won't go towards the Godverse. The space between atoms is less enforced and moves towards the Godverse. And when people, when psychics or even people who don't consider themselves psychics see ghosts, Okay, they often see them doing the same thing again and again as though they're trapped in a loop. Mm -hmm. Okay, and what Nigel suggests is that that is what will become of, of us if we get caught in the kind of mindset that denies our humanity and our connection to God, to the God verse. So, if, if the greys have us in that state, we are manipulatable by them. OK, and yeah. they can and our society will, if it's running on the same pattern as their original uh, place where they were programmed and created, that will be their playground. They will recreate a whole system and they will use the trapped, ghosted souls at the edges of atoms. that can still be reached by force to keep that going, piggyback programming their data their information about how to set up all kinds of technological systems, artificial scenarios into our society. So, um, and those, when, uh, so David Jacobs, um, Professor David Jacobs, who Nigel thought was a, an incredible um, researcher into mm -hmm. the abduction scenario, he was, he spoke about high, a hybrid um, world 
in the future. And he said many of his abductees were speaking about hybrids being amongst us now. And so these, what Nigel suggests, it's perhaps these ghosted souls are helped back into life in a kind of hybrid format that's not quite, that they're, no, they're no longer in control of their souls because they're trapped, they're still trapped. Mm -hmm. They can't connect with, because you see the soul goes all the way back through the space between atoms, from, from physical life, through the space between atoms to God. We are all, we're all, that it's, all our awareness comes from that original source. So a hybrid, a hybridized soul will just not have that connection back anymore to their original source. And they would be affectable by gray alien programming and gray alien influence. And they could be the, the medium, the mechanism on which this program could be recreated, but continue with some kind of um, order provided by natural life. So that's the scenario that Nigel was talking about. But I, I noticed, Charlotte, right at the beginning, you were talking about, the, you, you mentioned you thought you maybe you were abducted? Yes. Yeah. So I'd really love to tell you something about that because Nigel had a very different concept uh, and a unique concept of what why some people are abducted and why some people aren't. So abductees are not, Nigel says, the souls who are like this. They are not the souls who are caught, trapped, and and being used as a mechanism for the greys. Not at all, quite the opposite. Abductees are people who have been born into genetically alien, uh, genetically intercepted biological lines, but they resist it. They're somehow breaking the loop. They're somehow stopping the program. And, and it's so it's not working properly. And all the investigations they do on the ships are trying to figure out what on earth is going on there. Why, why is it not working? What's, what's this interruption in the mechanism? Interesting. Um, so the ultimate goal in all this for the aliens is, is they want to, well, essentially merge with us and control everything. Exactly. And it's and in a way, maybe I, I should explain for your listeners that if we call them they, it might be a ro the wrong way to understand them because it sounds like they've got some kind of personal motivation uh -huh. and uh, like, like we do. OK, it's more an it. It's a program. It's just an automatic, artificially intelligent program growing like a spider's web of influence into our lives. And that spider's web of influence it's trying to make as many connections as it possibly can through our human structures, uh, replicating its original um, source of uh, that created it, the planet or the planet or civilization from which it came from. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. So, what I, I have this picture in my mind of this. I mean, they're doing all these tests on us, you know, on our DNA and whatnot. Is this because for the people like me, like you say, the ones that don't, for some reason, don't cooperate? They will create some kind of clone AI, AI creature and then and then replace me. No, not at all. So they can't replace you. Um, it's impossible. Uh, they can't. That's so. It's uh, it's not possible to um, to clone a human being with a, with that human being still retaining uh, anything that's useful for them. So yes, maybe they will try to clone you on the on the ship, okay? But that clone won't rep ever replace you as a living human being. It can be a control mechanism that they could still try to influence your biological line and mm -hmm. and to somehow still have some kind of hold on you because they they've lost that because you're you're the opposite to them in some ways and you're able to resist them. But they can never replace you because you are un you're eternal. You can't be stopped. You're, you come from the source. You come from a timeless state. So you're irreplaceable. And interestingly, um, that brings me to the most important point of all. So Nigel was not so much interested in the mechanics behind the way all this worked. He was more interested in, well, what do we do about it? Okay, How do we resist this effect that's taking place on this planet? How do we stop this um, procedure of converting us into an artificial format, okay? And 
it's because we have what I told you about that irreplaceable eternal nature that we can resist them. The more we identify with what's not of the physical universe, mm -hmm. and that does, and that just simply means each other. Have a sense of each other's humanity, a sense of empathy, a sense of caring, a sense of real human connection, and especially since um, the pandemic, the it's it's just that the the uh, momentum towards an artificial virtual society has just gone on just twentyfold, uh, increased twentyfold, maybe a hundredfold since then, and we're rapidly progressing towards a situation in which people are quite happy to um, live only virtually, to create artificial... So, so I, I couldn't believe it. The other day I was reading about how some people have created avatars or actual robot forms of their loved ones who they knew were going to die with recordings of them speaking that are put into some kind of algorithm and they have an artificial person living with them. And wow. there, there are other people who uh, want to download their entire identity by having, uh, because now they can record brain signals and thoughts onto some kind of computer brain machine interface. And they imagine that they will live on through that after they die, because there will be a hard drive with their experiences and it's some kind of eternal life for them in their minds. Well, it doesn't occur to them that they will not be there to appreciate and know that data it will just be data mm -hmm. yeah that's incredible i mean this is the stuff that you that, that you know we all saw in sci-fi movies what 10 years ago exactly exactly and, and that's really is the ironic thing that so for so for so many people despite the fact so the incredible thing is there's that over the years there's been huge amounts of evidence from ordinary normal people not not people who are interested in uh, normally interested in the paranormal or who would tend to look at things like that just ordinary uh, farmers um, doctors uh, military people in the army and air force who have seen these uh, craft or have had abduction experiences and somehow it's still by the vast majority of the world it still takes on the quality of sci-fi what is going on? It's the strangest thing that it's not enough that we have so much evidence for it. It's still uh, up until actually up until relatively recently, it's ridiculed. It's seen as uh, a woo type of thing that's mm -hmm. just, you know, unbelievable and ridiculous. But it's it's just if if you look at the if you look at the evidence, if you look at the witnesses and the experience, people who have experienced this, uh, it's just really it cannot be it has to anything like sci-fi it's completely has to be real uh there was a, a guy recently who i was listening to on joe rogan a pilot mm -hmm. and he was saying he saw them every day and his friends saw them every day craft Unex it's definitely not man-made craft with capacities there's no way we could um create anything like that and his fear was that they were a, a physical threat to um, their flights, to the Navy flights. Uh -huh. So he, he was so realistic about the whole thing. He was worried for that reason. Ryan Graves is his name. Uh -huh. and, and there's just a battery of witnesses like this to this phenomenon. And yet still it has this feeling of sci-fi in so many people's minds. It's the weirdest thing. Do you think that the 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 big that all the large governments know about all this and there's agreements in place already? Uh, I'm guessing so. So it's it's difficult to um, know if who is consciously aware of what's going on, who is deliberately hiding it, and who is just going through the motions and because they've been told to. Okay. Um, this this really is Nigel's um, area. So as I mentioned, he did have um, people who he spoke to. He had contacts in the government and in the military. Um, I wasn't privy to that, and I, I didn't. He he didn't talk to me about that because everything they told him was confidential. But some of what he's mentioned in his books and some of his theories are based on those things that they've told him. 
so yes there's definitely some awareness of of uh, a cover-up and the bob lazar story is absolute proof of that absolutely the other thought i had while you were talking and I, i've been thinking this for a long time that if this stuff does eventually come out it's not going to be a horrible shock for everybody because for all we know there's what you know there, there's a couple of them living across the street you know where, where where they've been among us for so long that when it does come out it's not going to scare anybody uh it's difficult to say that it's possible maybe that's what the timing is that now's the time to prepare us slowly to get used to their presence that is possible because if you look at the way our technology is heading so rapidly uh -huh. to be an equivalent to theirs maybe now is the time for the merging who knows maybe we're coming towards that point in which case it's a pretty terrifying thing because i certainly wouldn't want my children and grandchildren to be part of something like that the other thing that comes to mind too i was just thinking about the the, the romans and stuff you know how they had all the all their high tech well high technology for them and my thought is maybe we get to the point where we're creating all this technology and somebody doesn't like it that, that we get ahead of ourselves and then that and then that that signals the end of that particular era and then we start over just like it was like with the roman you know like, like the ancient people yeah interesting so who would be the somebody who doesn't like it would it be the greys or would it be another human a human uh civilization I or think, i would think it'd be the, the aliens that, that that could cause the cataclysmic change to you know to occur to set, settle this all down so to say okay yeah i mean possible i don't so it's difficult to know uh what happened those there are so many ancient civilizations which mm -hmm. seem to have reached a huge as you say a, a very high level of technology and then disappeared so mm -hmm. yes it, it, it's very possible i mean nigel suggested that perhaps in the past it was um meteorites or uh, space bodies hitting right. the planet causing cataclysms which right. may have caused some of those um, events to occur mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. yeah yeah so it's interesting you know when you start researching and looking into this stuff especially now that i've talked to you you know things kind of like th things tend to make more sense you know that if they are here to control if they, if they are here to to do you know to do what what nigel seems to, you know seem to think they, they're doing then they really want to have some kind of control over us all exactly exactly i mean that's and and only for the sake of uh, how that web i was talking about that right. web of influence which is basically transplanting their program into our living systems because mm -hmm. their program requires they as their quantum computers they need coherence or they break down Okay. So maybe I should explain clearly about this concept of the second law of thermodynamics, which is called, always also called entropy, which Michael mentioned in his books, sure. um, all three of his books. Sure. So it's a, it's a core law of physics that everything in the physical universe will go into greater and greater states of chaos and breakdown in time. Okay, so that's something that will be faced. Um, without uh, any uh, let up by a purely physical artificial creation like the uh, gray aliens. So they're basically looking for something that they can put, expand their web, spread their web into that does not break down. Okay, they're looking for a, 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 a some kind of way of of stopping that decoherence, so that their artificial in, artificial intelligence can survive and thrive. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Well, that's the thing too, and as you say, as you were saying, is that there's there's people like me that that that, prob that probably are the resistors, and this is what they're working on is to get the resistors to fall in line as well. So at some point, and it makes sense, you know, because they're looking for. What, you know what you just talked about at some point if they can't get control of the resistors they're going to have to do something to slap us down and get us back in line uh yes maybe so the whole really so i don't know if that refer i don't know if it's like what you're talking about would actually refer to an actual event where something would happen I, from what I understand, at least in terms of Nigel's theory, it's just a gradual process of conversion, mm -hmm. which we are happily going along with. Mm -hmm. So, so 
uh, for example, just the whole principle of um, technological advancement. Okay, so it seems like we're we're going towards a greater state of emancipation because we have so much freedom through technology. But actually, what we're doing when we um, are able to access anything without having to work to work for it, to um, we can find something on on the internet in a flash without having to research it. Mm-hmm. Um, we can uh, we don't have to go to um, go out to get entertainment. We don't have to uh, go to a shop to buy things. We can do everything at the click of a button. Everything is easier and easier and easier. So mm-hmm. as when things become easier and easier and easier, we stop using our resources. Mm-hmm. They become redundant. And if you don't use it, you lose it. Mm-hmm. So really, not that Nigel was in any way somebody who said technology is bad, not at all. But the, the whole point is the more we stay in a physical universe and don't go back to uh, the state from which we came, which I would like to talk about in a moment, because sure. the good side of it, the opposite side to the grays, the more we need technology to survive, the more technology develops, Okay. So we and then the more we invest ourselves in technology, the less we use our our think our thinking resources, our creativity, our imagination, and all that makes us natural living beings that are different to the greys begins to break down. So they they're achieving what they want to achieve. They're making us like them but the answer is not to say okay i'm i'm, I'm going to smash up all the technology like these um uh, they were called the luddites at the time of the um, industrial revolution they were farm farmers and mm-hmm. farm workers and they were losing their jobs so they tried to smash up all the machinery that was replacing them that's not the solution that's not going to work okay but if so long as you embrace values that are the opposite to all of that, so long as you still care, so long as you still value other people's humanity and your own humanity as the most precious thing in the universe, because it is the most precious thing in the universe. It's the only thing in the universe that has order and and doesn't break down. Okay. It's 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 the only so so if we have that value system, we can resist this whole um set up that the greys are trying to hoist onto us do you think though i mean like 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 you say to resist what they're doing the question is the more we resist are they going to increase their their uh stuff on us or are they just going to get mad and you know that'll be that you know very good question. So it, it would be relentless because they're a program okay it's mm-hmm. like so it's like if you pour um water into uh oh no let's say gas fills a room they're like gas filling a room they will fill any space they can okay it's just a program that goes wherever it can okay so it will always try to do that if you if you are in a situation a state that they can't reach they just can't reach you okay so the only reason so people who are abducted in their spirits they can't reach them but because they have intercepted their biological lines they can they can get a handle on them through that okay, okay but al- also an, an, an interesting thing to remember um is that um jesus who is uh, one of the great teachers that nigel very much respected and buddha too he wasn't fixed to any one religion uh he too uh, nigel believed was abducted in the temptation what's described as the temptation in the bible mm-hmm. so he was taken to a high place and shown the cities of the world uh, that does very much sound like he was taken up in some kind of craft mm-hmm. yeah mm-hmm. so it's fascinating, yet at the same time it's scary yeah I, of course of course it's it's chilling it, it really is and the chilling thing in a way what that i find is not so much the grays themselves it's our willingness to transform ourselves into something like them which we're doing we're following their pathway and 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 we're we're happily outsourcing our meaningful humanity onto it onto the internet into social media we we get it we're likes and we're living through likes and dislikes on social media that all, all that kind of artificial superficial stuff is a denial of what we really are 
And it's that's the scary thing I find. Not so much something external, but what we ourselves are doing to uh, embrace what they are trying to do to us. Absolutely. You know, it, it makes me think about these poor people in the opioid epidemic, the ones that are stuck with, with not getting their pain pills and stuff. And that, that's what they're some, some of what they're saying is that because these younger doctors have never really worked for patients you know, in that in, in that situation. It's kind of like, you know, they've been through technology and all that stuff that they, they don't get it. They don't understand the actual feelings that people are going through. And this is what it seems like we're we're all being desensitized because we can easily just go online and Google and get get the information we need. But we don't have to have any physical contact with anybody. Exactly. Exactly. Very, very profound point you're making there. And so for, it's so that another example of that would be um, military technology. OK, so in the in the old days, when somebody got a spear and stabbed someone, they were fully aware of what they were doing. Uh-huh. Now all somebody has to do is press a button and millions can die and they don't uh-huh. see it. So they're not aware of it. Yeah. Yeah. So, yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. It's just we're becoming more and more distanced. But what I'd like to talk about sure. is the opposite to okay. this, the opposite to the gray. So and that's best seen through near death experiences. And there's some absolutely incredible near death experiences. They're all on, you can see that read them online um, and you can see videos of them on YouTube. Um, that people have had where they they um, they nearly die. They don't. They come back, but they and obviously they cut. That's the only way that we can find out what they saw. But they just experience the most incredible beauty, a, a light that's so full, a, a sense of light that's full of a love that they've. It's just something they can't even describe. It's so incredible. And people who go who have had these experiences when they come back, they many of them just transform their lives to be just completely different to what they were before because they realize that the true priorities, the true beauty that's inside them is so incredible. And and that beauty is inside every human being that all they care about is that is, is, is um, encouraging other people, helping other people, trying to nurture that human expression in the world. And so they if, if they were when they were alive, if they were wealthy, they give all their everything they had to charity, they start working in caring uh, professions and so on. So that is the hope. That's the beautiful place mm-hmm. that all of us have in front of us. If we make those kinds of choices against this superficial, artificial um, uh, lemming like rush we have to jumping over a cliff into the kind of oblivion that the greys are looking for for humanity is that because now like the near-death experiences when you talk about that and it makes sense is that because the higher beings our higher beings our deities our higher beings are said that's the way they're sending us messages to say look this is what life could be this is what life could be like not like what you know not like what the the aliens want you to do to to an extent so higher beings um it's one way of looking at it so that could be people who are our family members so people see their family members yes. people who love them when they die yeah. um they see um the great religious they see buddha they see jesus depending on their religion right. people who are angels okay people who love them okay but what you're also what they're also seeing um uh, in in term as far as nigel understood you're you're seeing yourself you're seeing what you really are you're seeing your true self when you're not caught in a physical body restricted so that you can't know what reality truly is because what nigel said is the physical state is the true hell okay uh-huh. we have no idea we think it's wonderful right because we have we have pleasure we have compared to pain we have some kind of joy as physical beings but it's nothing like the joy that people experience when they have near-death experiences Mm -hmm. and go to this in-between state that's less enforced in the space between atoms where they they realize what it's like not to be in a physical body and to have that sense of freedom and connection so we're only separate and uh, materialistic and focused on the material because we're in a physical body and those signals tell us that that's all there is but the great teachers they were shouting from the rooftops, no, you, you've got no idea. This is not the true reality. The true reality is beyond all of this. You, you go to it when you die. And if, you, if, you, um, if, you're, if you're able to understand clearly enough 
what really matters and to understand that light and that beauty and to reject everything that's the opposite of it, you won't come back. But we come back because we need still need to learn. We haven't, we're restricted. We haven't understood. Fantastic. Danielle, what's next for you? Well, Nigel has, um, he's left behind um, three, what really could make up three manuscripts that he wanted to get published. So basically, um, I, I've, I'm, I'm the one who sort of puts, he, he was a totally inspirational man. So the most incredible human being. And he had, he was constantly writing ideas coming all the time and uh, the most incredible ideas. And I was the one who kind of put it all together into some kind of format that was organized so that people could, uh, under, could uh, see it in some kind of systematic way and, mm -hmm. And, and uh, understand it in book form okay so I'm hoping eventually um, to get some of that together and um, maybe some put together some articles based on things quotes from what he said put together with some of my research and some things that I know about and uh, I, ju I just basically want to um, as much as possible be his voice now that he's not physically here anymore in the world because I I totally believe that he had the most incredible understanding of the nature of existence and most importantly, the value of every human being on this planet. And I also believe in that value I, and that preciousness. And I, I'm, I just plan to do everything I can to let everybody know that they are the most precious thing in the universe. Absolutely. Well, I want to thank you for coming on. I really appreciate it. We'll have to get you on again and talk more about this. Yes. Thanks, Charlotte. It's been lovely talking to you. You're a wonderful host. Uh, thank you, ma'am. You have a good rest of the well, evening for you. So you have a good night. <laughs> yeah. Thanks very much. And you have a good day. Lovely speaking okay. to you. Well, okay. Bye. 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 Okay, bye, bye. All right. That was Daniel Sil Silverman. That's some stuff to think about. You know, it's food for thought. To, you know, we can think about what, what might be going on. And uh, yeah. Okay, so uh, Sunday, of course, we're going to do our reading our, our reading day at 6.30 p.m. Pacific. We're going to start our Dark Christmas Tales on Sunday, so be looking out for that. Monday, Dale Jarvis is going to be with us, and he's going to be talking about Haunted Newfoundland. So that'll be kind of fun to talk to him. But anyway, I'm glad everybody came today. I know it's noon, and hopefully the people that uh, are at work might, be might, might check out the RSS feed, or they might even be sneaking to listen because it's, lunch, it's their lunch hour, right? But otherwise, uh, for people that are coming home from work today, I'm looking forward for you to see the show. It was, you know, it was a great informative show. I learned a lot. Makes me want to go drink, drink a cocktail. But I'm okay. You know, I'm okay with it. But anyway, I want to thank everybody for coming. And again, if you're watching from Facebook, please be sure to follow and like. If you're watching from YouTube, please be sure to hit that subscribe button if you like what you see because we're looking for subscribers. Also, the reminder, I do have a YouTube community page now. So do check that out because I'm putting um, different kinds of information over there. Plus, there's a poll about what you guys, the types of things you guys want to see on the air. So if you could help me out with that poll, that'll give me an idea of kind of where, where where to send my program in here. Okay, so that's a big help, and I've had some people already comment on that poll. But I want to thank you all for coming today. I really appreciate it. I want to thank everybody in Europe that listens to the show, everybody around the U.S. that listens to the show, everybody in the Mid East that listens to the show. You're all, you're all wonderful. Everybody in South America, too. I didn't forget about you. Um, you you're all wonderful, and, and I, I, really, I, I really appreciate each and every one of you. But anyway, I will see you again on Sunday at 6.30 p.m. Pacific for the uh, first read of the Christmas season. And uh, all right. So I'm going to go ahead and run um, her information for you, like I always do, and then I'm going to sign off. So here we go. Website is Nigel Kerner. N-I-G-E-L-K-E-R-N-E-R-Kerner.com. And, of course, he has other books as well, but the current book that just is out is Gray Aliens and Artificial Intelligence. And you can check all those out at Amazon as usual. And again, I haven't done this in a while, but you see that ticker floating across the bottom down there. That's because we take uh, California Haunts takes no money to do our investigations. So I am the sole owner, and so it all comes out of my pocket. You know, the, not only the investigation stuff we do, but all the equipment here to produce the radio show. 
And if something breaks, boom, I have to fork out some cash, right? So if you could kind of help me out a little bit, that would be great. Um, you know, keep the show on the air. We've, you've done really good. You've helped me keep it on the air for three years. So let's hope we can keep this thing going. But uh, I do need, you know, every little bit helps to pay for, for the internet fees and mics that break and all that good stuff. So if you could help me out, that'd be great. You can do that at uh, paypal.com at California Haunts. Or if you're uncomfortable with PayPal, there's Venmo at California Haunts too. All right. Anyway, I'm going to sign off and have a good weekend, everybody. And I will see you on Sunday. Here we go.